Welcome to this endo life. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an endo warrior, an endo health coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Please consult your medical practitioner before making any nutritional changes or bringing in any supplements. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's <laughs> the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them I don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk, And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. So before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to the lovely girls at Semaine. They are two sisters with endometriosis. They've been on the show before and they founded Semaine, which is a supplement company for people with periods to originally their first supplement was to aid with PMS and period pain. And I know that it is a lifesaver for so many people with endometriosis and painful periods. And now they've come out with a new supplement called the daily, and it is a hormone balancing supplement, which is designed to help with healthy skin, stable mood, fewer cravings in your luteal phase, blood sugar balance, And they recently gifted it to me. Honestly, I said this to my client the other day. My blood sugar levels have never felt so stable as they did when I was taking that daily supplement. I couldn't believe the difference. It was like I had a whole month of like stable blood sugar. It was incredible. And as a result, I had much more of a healthier cycle. I felt a lot more satisfied I had less food cravings. I just felt a lot more stable in energy. So I'm a really big fan of this. And as I said, blood sugar is a huge piece to managing your hormones, hence why blood sugar is such a big part of their their supplement. So the girls have kindly given me a discount code for you guys. It will get you 20% off 
your first um, order, whether that's the daily or the PMS and period support capsules. And the code is ENDOLIFE, one word, all caps. So E-N-D-O-L-I-F-E. Um, so let me know how you get on with them. I'd love to hear if you find them as amazing as I did. And I hope that they bring you a happier and healthier cycle and period. Hi, everyone. So I am, again, hiding in the bathroom where we are in Montenegro because it's so loud where we are. But this bathroom is a bit echoey. So this intro is going to be not the best sound quality. So I apologize for that. So as you know, myself and many other practitioners use blood sugar regulation and anti-inflammatory nutrition to help manage endo. Today's episode isn't about that specifically, but I want to give you context so that you understand the rest of the episode. So we use blood sugar management because blood sugar imbalances drive up inflammation and therefore pain. They can trigger hormonal imbalances and they can worsen fatigue. In terms of inflammation, pain is a symptom of chronic and heightened inflammation and inflammation is the key driver of pain with endometriosis and we can actually influence and lower our inflammation levels through the foods we eat and our lifestyle choices. And we generally see very good results with these two methods. It's not to say they're going to solve everything. They certainly don't, but we do see improvements. So they are a key component of most endo practitioners' work. Now, there are some foods that are a bit notorious for causing blood sugar spikes. And one of those foods is oats. Most specifically, hot oatmeal, or I don't know what you guys say in America, like oatmeal, I don't know. We call it porridge. So porridge, hot oats, oatmeal. And today I held a Q&A. And one of the questions, as you'll come to hear, was about eating porridge for breakfast and being advised not to do so due to the blood sugar spike. And as we move into autumn, I'm pretty sure consumption of warm and comforting bowls of oats is going to rise. So when I answered this question, I thought, actually, this would be really helpful to share it with listeners so that those of you who um, do eat hot oats don't feel guilty about it. And you can also do it in a way that supports your endo management. Now, a few disclaimers. As some of you may know, I am currently looking after a stray kitten. And when I was recording this, I was having a really bad allergic reaction. So I was quite stuffy and sniffy, um, but I needed to continue due to time constraints. We've edited most of the gross noises out, but you may hear me rustling tissue as I talk. That we, That's impossible to remove, really. And I also sound a bit more congested than usual. But I think it shouldn't be too triggering for my misophonia folks. Hopefully I have misophonia too and I've listened back to it. The other thing is I noticed that I miss out a word when talking. I'm super, super tired today. This kitten is hard work. Um, so I say the problem is, oh, you need a savoury breakfast as well. When actually I meant to say it isn't the problem, not that it is. So this is like the last minute of the episode you'll hear it, just, you'll know what I'm trying to say by my tonal voice, but I'm not trying to say the problem is you need to have a savoury breakfast as well. I'm trying to say the problem isn't that you need to have a savoury breakfast as well. Okay, so just to clear that up. 
My final disclaimer is that this episode is a very short tip focused episode that does not deep dive into blood sugar or how to build a blood sugar balance in plate. So if you want to learn more about that, I've added some links to previous episodes and articles and they have references and handouts and all of that stuff. Now, before we dive into the episode, I want to ask a very unusual request. We are currently traveling, as many of you know, we're working remotely and we arrived about three weeks ago in Montenegro. And within 24 hours, we met a kitten who we have named Jelly because he is very jealous of any other affection that we give to other kittens or cats. He was extremely thin with a huge distended stomach, a little lollipop head and like bulging eyes and bones. Um, we took him to the vets where he was put on an IV drip for severe dehydration and he was continuously treated with antibiotics for two weeks straight. We had to bring him every day and anti-inflammatories for a bacterial infection that had spread into his bloodstream from his intestines. Um, so his intestines are damaged due to excessive worms, which had also caused him to become malnourished. And that damage to the intestine allowed for bacteria to escape into his bloodstream and he was very, very sick. So the vets have given us a very stark picture of the reality because of how vulnerable his health is. If he goes back on the streets, his condition will deteriorate. And we've been told that he will suffer until he eventually passes away. I don't mean eventually passes away in years and years, like he will pass away in a, in a matter of days as he deteriorates. Um, We have been told to find him a home where he can continue getting care or to put him down. Neither of those options, you know, we don't want to put him back on the street and leave him to suffer and we don't want to put him back to sleep when we are seeing him come on in, you know, he's going from strength to strength, but only with the right care. After much hard work, we have actually found him a foster home and a forever home in the UK, but the total cost is over 1,200 at a minimum. It may even be up to 1,500. I've already spent hundreds on vet visits, hundreds that I didn't have to spare getting him to this point. And I really need some help if you can support. So if you are able to and you want to support, you can donate and read Jelly's full story on our GoFundMe page. And I have linked to that in the show notes of this episode. I have grown up with cats all my life. Kittens, cats, at one point there were like six kittens in my house. I have spent many years trying to help and rescue cats that I have seen on holiday, back in the UK, you know, whilst traveling. I have never met a kitten like Jelly. He is so affectionate and so full of love and such a little baby and I cannot imagine leaving him to suffer like this. He just wants love. He is going to make the most wonderful companion for his adoptive mum. And so I cannot express how much your support means to me. Um, You know, if we were in different circumstances, he is our baby boy and we would take him, but we cannot. um, And we need some help to get him to the life that he needs and he deserves. So I really cannot express how much your support means to me. I thank you from the bottom of my heart forever 
and ever if you are able to donate. The link again is in the show notes. Okay, thank you. Sorry for that random interruption and let's get to the show. I was recently advised to have savoury breakfast versus smoothies slash porridge due to blood sugar spikes. I love my porridge bowls at the moment. Therefore, is it okay to have a blood sugar balanced breakfast like an omelette with greens and berries? Then later on, I usually have two lunches, have my porridge bowl. The sweet breakfasts are only really a problem if it's spiking blood sugar. Generally, when we're talking about sweet breakfasts, we're talking about porridge um, with fruit and honey. We're talking about cereals that are sugary. We're talking about pan au chocolat, you know, those kind of things that spike your blood sugar. So the, the problem of the sweet breakfast really at the core is the blood sugar spike. There is some possibility that tasting something sweet in the morning might encourage sweeter snacking later on, but really that shouldn't happen if you're balancing your blood sugar. If you're balancing your blood sugar, even if your breakfast tastes sweet, it shouldn't, there's less of a chance of it driving sweet snacking. So what I would encourage is if you love your porridge, keep your porridge, but make it blood sugar balancing. So um, porridge isn't very blood sugar balancing. Oats are very starchy. They're, They're a carbohydrate. That is their kind of main macro component. Um, and especially when they're heated, they, um, their starch is easier to absorb. So porridge is a blood sugar spiker, but there is lots that you can do to balance that and to, to stop that spike and still enjoy your porridge. Um, so if you're having your porridge hot, We want to think about those foundations that we talk about in the course, in my podcast, and that's making sure you've got fat, protein, fiber, um, and, you know, complex carbs, but you've already got the complex carbs, right? That's, that's your oats. So fat, we're thinking full fat yogurt to whatever degree you can tolerate, um, without going deep into our email history. I can't remember. Um, I don't think you tolerate dairy, but I'm not sure if there is like sheep's yogurt or goat's yogurt that you can tolerate or lactose-free full-fat yogurt um, or maybe it's just full-fat coconut yogurt. Watch for the added sugars because that will obviously not help. Um, Or nut butter. So nut butter is a really good one um, for adding fat to a porridge. The reason being is when you chew nuts, when you eat nuts, they actually um, don't release all of their fat they actually release 30% less fat than is recorded on the nutritional label. However, when you eat nut butter, that does release all of the fat. Adding nut butter can really make a difference. Um, A tablespoon um, would be a good minimum amount. When we're thinking about adding fat, we kind of want two heaped tablespoons. But if you're having yogurt, I would encourage to have more than that. And I'll, I'll explain why in a minute. So um, nuts, seeds, nut butter, yogurt, those would add fat. Then you want to make sure that you're having protein. And that is kind of where the yogurt would come in again. And why I was saying you should have more yogurt than just two tablespoons, because you want to have adequate protein. 
So a serving of yogurt is actually like 100, 150 grams. Um, Nuts and seeds also add protein, but it's not a hugely significant amount. Um, So with porridge, because you're not, unless you're, you know, I don't know, unless you add eggs, which some people do, uh, bodybuilders do, or you're having like a piece of salmon beforehand or something, Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. You're not going to get a ton of protein from the nuts and seeds. You will get some. But what we know from the research is with blood sugar, in the morning, a higher protein breakfast is better. Somewhere between 20 and 30. People who are vegan, they're probably only going to get like 15 grams in. But somewhere between 20 and 30 has like good blood sugar outcomes. So with a porridge, this is probably where you would need protein powder. Um, And it doesn't have to be a whole scoop if you're having yogurt and nuts and seeds. And honestly, you know, it's really not the end of the world. Like if you don't have protein powder, you just kind of want to make sure that there is protein in there and enough fiber and fat to to stop the, the spike. But if you can get the extra protein in, it's helpful. Um, Then you want the fiber. Uh, Chia seeds, flax seeds, psyllium husk, nuts and seeds, they all add fiber. So having those like a tablespoon or two tablespoons would be really helpful. Not two tablespoons of psyllium husk, that would be too much. It would cause constipation, lots of swelling in the gut. We kind of want to look between three grams to six grams of psyllium husk and build up slowly, add lots of water or milk, whatever it is that you use. And then you can add whole fruit, uh, you know, low GI fruit like berries is probably going to be better with porridge just because porridge is already so starchy to add a really high sugar fruit, like say a mango or dates or raisins. It's going to get harder to control your blood sugar with that. Berries are very low, naturally low in sugar, so they're a nice addition to breakfast. The other option you can do, and this is what I do, is I, because of time, uh, obviously I'm traveling, we do have our smoothie maker with us, but it's very heavy and it's not always possible to get it out of the car. Um, So I have oats. I don't have time to be making eggs and salmon and all that jazz in the morning. And it's not what I want in the morning. And so I really work on making my um, oats blood sugar balancing. And one of the ways I do it is by having cold oats. So raw oats. Um, What I mean by raw is like, you know, from the pack, I haven't heated it. And they are significantly higher in something called resistant starch. And resistant starch 
is a type of starch that isn't fully absorbed by the small intestine and goes into the large intestine and feeds our good gut bugs. It's very, very beneficial for our gut. And it's beneficial for our blood sugar because not all of the starch is making it into the bloodstream as glucose. And when you heat the oats, that's when the resistant starch breaks down and turns into a simple starch. So I don't know if you really, really like it hot, but an option would be to have cold oats. But I have tested my blood sugar multiple, multiple times with oats. And when I have hot or cold oats, uh, cold oats is much better for my blood sugar. But if I have hot, I am able to prevent the spike by having 15 grams of chia seeds and a tablespoon of nut butter as my kind of two essential minimum things to balance my blood sugar. But I always add extra nuts and seeds and berries. And if I have the budget and the accessibility, I add protein powder. Um, I have been trying to add yogurt in the past uh, couple of months due to my um, fra- my breaks um, to try and get a little bit more bioavailable calcium. But unfortunately, um, I am really struggling to tolerate that in my gut. So you know, I'm I'm testing different things out, but I certainly feel better blood sugar wise with that yogurt, but I just can't tolerate it right now. So, um, going back to drawing board with that one, but if I can afford it, protein powder, I haven't bought that for pretty much. Yeah. I haven't bought that this year. Um, I would like to, because I know it is more beneficial, both from a point of blood sugar, but also, um, you know, just, I need a little bit more protein. Um, but that's what I do. So I have oats every day. I just have them cold. I'm feeding my gut with resistant starch, which is great. Um, I'm feeding my good gut bugs and my antioxidant levels with nuts and seeds. Um, and chia seeds is rich in omega-3. Celium husk is really good for the gut as well. Fruit is rich in antioxidants. That breakfast is absolutely fine. As long as you're balancing your blood sugar, and and it works for you, like it actually does balance your blood sugar. And you'll know because you'll feel satisfied afterwards and you won't get hungry like within 30 minutes, an hour. You know, you should be able to go without eating for a couple of hours. I'm not too worried about a snack after like three hours. But if you're kind of ready to eat again um, relatively soon one to two hours, it's not, it's not supporting you blood sugar wise. The whole, the idea of eating an omelette with greens first and then having a porridge bowl later, it's not really going to help because the problem is, oh, you need to have a savory breakfast as well. The problem is that the, the oats spike the blood sugar. So if you're going to keep the oats in, you need to make that meal more blood sugar balancing. Does that make sense? I hope so. So if you found this episode helpful and you want to learn more about living well with endo or you'd like some further help, I wanted to remind you of the resources I have available to you and how you can work with me if you'd like to. So I obviously have hundreds of these episodes for you to binge on and I do have two free columns. So one on endometriosis net and one on endometriosis news and there are countless articles on there to help you thrive. You can also sign up to my newsletter for tips and updates.
I have a digital cookbook and nutrition guide, This Endo Life, It Starts With Breakfast, which you can download for just $9.99. And if you want to go that step further, I have short and budget-friendly masterclasses in nutrition, surgery prep and recovery, and natural pain relief. I also have a DIY course, Live and Thrive with Endo, The Foundations, which you can sign up to at any time at a really affordable price point and you have lifetime access to. So you can go at your own pace and literally look back at it years down the line. This four module course will provide you with the most effective yet easy to digest tools and strategies to reduce your pain, fatigue, endo belly, brain fog and hormonal symptoms and allow you to live your life again. Each lesson includes the core foundational needle movers that I have seen work for my clients time and time and time again. You get all the essential information that you need to be endo without the overwhelm. Finally, you can apply to work with me one-to-one. This is my most advanced and personalized offer, so I only take a handful of clients. To find out the details and the application process, head to my coaching page. The links to all of these resources and ways to work with me are in the show notes. And finally, to help others find this podcast and reach as many people with endo as possible, please leave a review and please share with your friends and family and subscribe.